You're listening to a Frequency Podcast Network production. Hi, I'm Sherry Davis, Canada's Dogmaster and the trainer of Rex on the hit TV series Hudson and Rex. This week, we're talking about something none of us want to experience, a lost dog. Welcome to How to Dog. There are few things that make us worry more than a missing pet, but unfortunately, it happens. They catch sight of a squirrel and slip their collar. You may order a pizza as you open the door, they run past the pizza guy and they're gone. If you happen to be in an unfamiliar place, your dog can end up quite lost and you can feel quite helpless. The next thing you know, you're out stapling lost dog signs to a light post. Today, we're going to speak to two professional pet detectives who will give you tips on how you can find your pooch if it disappears. It's an episode that we're calling, Have You Seen My Dog? Hey, what does my dog and my phone have in common? I don't know. What? They both have caller ID. That's terrible. Hi, everyone. A reminder that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and is not meant to be professional advice. Always consult with an expert when taking care of your own doggo. Over to you, Sherry. My first guest today is Kat Albrecht Season. She's the author of Lost Pet Chronicles. She's also a former police bloodhound handler and a search and rescue manager. For more than 30 years, she and her search dogs have successfully located criminals, evidence, missing people, and, of course, missing pets. Kat, welcome to How to Dog. Thank you for having me as a guest. Well, thanks for being with us. This is going to be a very, very important, vital podcast today. And you know what? You could actually help people save lives here today. So can you tell us your name, and exactly what you do. So my name is Kat Albrecht Thiessen, and uh, I'm the founder of the Missing Animal Response Network. And um, yeah, I'm a pet detective. I've uh, been doing this work since 1997. And um, I I was actually a police officer at the time and uh, had no interest in animal welfare, but very much interest in, in uh, working and handling bloodhounds. And so that's, that was my passion. That's what I did. And uh, it kind of, uh, uh, through an interesting set of circumstances, I changed directions. And, uh, you know, now I train people and search dogs to find lost pets. I've had people say to me a lot, like, can you use a dog to find a dog? Obviously, the answer is yes. Yeah, you definitely can. Uh, it takes, you know, it takes its specialized training to teach a dog to do that. It's not that you can just take any dog and expect that they can do this. So there's a, a, a lengthy process involved. Um, but it's the same process that I had used. Uh, it's called scent discrimination trailing, uh, or also known as man trailing. It's a, a method that I think originated with uh, bloodhound handlers, and that's how I learned it. I trained my police bloodhound specifically, smell this pillowcase and follow the scent cloud of this person, but ignore all other people out there. And so, you know, I didn't use my uh, first bloodhound on his first case until I had been training for two years with him. But his first case was a missing Alzheimer's patient, and he found the man. So, you know, when you take the time to properly train the dog and use it, um, when the dog and the handler are ready, you can uh, end up doing some amazing things to help find lost pets. 
over the past couple seasons on how to dog, we've actually gone into animal sensories and mm. how, how extreme they are compared to humans. And yeah. so mm. I guess it, what you're doing essentially is the same kind of training as if they're drug dogs or yeah. whatever, but you're just giving them the scent of the missing uh, pet. Is that the mm. way it works? Yeah, so it's actually, you're very correct. There's actually two different methods that we train and use the dogs that we train for this work. We train cat detection dogs and we train scent trailing dogs. So uh, cat detection is just like bomb detection, drug detection, termite detection, COVID detection. Any type of detection dog is trained on a you know, on a general odor or or a specific odor, you know, marijuana, and then the dog can be utilized to search and focus just on that scent. When we train cat detection dogs, we train the dog on several different cats. So the dog learns to sniff out and react when it smells the scent of a cat. It's not looking for that specific missing cat. It's looking for any cat that might be hiding under a deck or in, trapped in a shed or, or what have you. The cat detection dogs, we only select and use dogs that love kitties. We want a dog that's excited about a kitty, that wants to get the kitty but not get the kitty, <laughs> if you know <laughs> what I mean. <laughs> you know? And, so, and there's a fine line between there uh, sometimes with some dogs. But... But we choose dogs that get physically excited. Like one of my uh, dogs I trained was a Weimaraner, and she would whine when, or, or she would, <laughs> she almost sound like a monkey when she would smell cat scent. Another one, her alert was her tail would wiggle, and where she would get low and creepy and tail wiggling. And so there's, you learn to read what your specific dog does when he smells the scent of a cat. And then the scent that and that training a dog to do that can only probably only takes like three to four months. And then you do some clicker training. We have to train them on the decomp scent as well, because if you're looking for a missing cat or a missing dog, they need to be trained to find the deceased scent as well. The scent trailing dogs is the one is that seems to be the most in demand when people have lost a, a dog, they are thinking, can I use a tracking dog? And so they want this service, but these dogs, it can take up to 18 months uh, the training program that we have that we help you train your dog is about 18 months long. And, and um, it just takes a lot more time and effort. You just have to repeat and, and add different things in. And, and you know, you got to work aged trails, trails that are three to five to seven days old. You got to uh, work in a contaminated environment. So we'll set up training scenarios where somebody takes a dog to a dog park and then leaves the dog park with the dog and ends up, you know, four blocks away, uh, you know, sitting on a bench with the, with the handler that's with that dog. And then we'll come in and maybe... Uh, you know, eight hours later with the, the tracking dog and give it the scent of that dog and have it ignore the scent of all the other dog park scents out there and focus just on that one dog scent and uh, and work the trail. So, so yeah, it's so fascinating. And the people who have trained their dogs in this just love the process of learning to read your dog and doing something important with your dog um you know i mean it's fine working for ribbons and you know getting titles and stuff on your dog but when you know you've you're training your dog to do something that can save the life of a dog and save <laughs> save a family who has lost their dog that they love as a child it's just a really a good thing i'm sherry davis and today on how to dog we're talking about how to find your dog if it's gone missing 
Later in the show, I'm going to speak to Laura Caron. She is a trained missing animal response technician, and she'll talk to us about what's involved in the on-the-ground search for a missing dog. That's coming up shortly. Right now, I'm speaking to Kat Albrecht Thiessen. She's a former bloodhound handler and a current pet detective. She's also the founder of Missing Animal Response Network. With social media on at everybody's fingertips, I cannot believe how many missing animals there are. Yeah. Like every day there's a missing yeah. animal. And, you know, I think before social media, you know, what did these poor people do? Like there was nothing like every township has a missing pet section yeah. and you can post a picture or you can do this. And then you go, you, so you're looking at all the municipalities, all the little towns, all the Northern, you know, the cottage country, it's shocking. Yeah. You know, I, I just go on every now and again and, you know, you see people and the dog was lost at here and here and they live hours away, but they were on a holiday or they went to the cottage or, right. You know, it's their weekend getaway and they were out trailing with the dog and it saw a deer and took off. But the amount of animals that are missing is absolutely astonishing to me. Yeah. You know, and what's been fascinating for me is I've seen the evolution of lost pet recovery developed because back when I started doing this and again, what happened to me in 1996, my bloodhound AJ dug out from my yard and was lost in the woods. This is when I was a police officer in uh, Santa Cruz, California, and he was missing in the woods and I panicked. And, and, but the first thing that came to mind was I need a trailing dog that can track the scent of my lost dog. Cause that's what I would do with him. I would respond to the sheriff's department and get called out at four in the morning to go search for a missing, you know, person in the woods um, and bring my bloodhound out there and use them. And yet when my bloodhound escaped and was lost in the woods, I called that sheriff's department and said, I need help. AJ's missing. And they're like, Oh, sorry. We're only sanctioned to look for people, not for pets. Well, he wasn't just a pet. He was a law enforcement tool. He had earned a national life-saving award because he had, he had found, I mean, he didn't find a lot of people. He found like five people in his career, but, but I was on my own to find my missing dog. And so what I did was I called my friend Jeannie. I had helped to train her golden retriever to track people. And, uh, and so we had worked our dogs on cases together. So, so I, I knew her dog understood, smell the pillowcase, follow the scent trail of the person, but I didn't know if she would understand smell the stinky blanket and find my bloodhound. <laughs> but she did. Her dog tracked him down in 20 minutes and found him. And he was in the neighborhood behind my place. But but it, that's was the paradigm shift in my life because my passion, I was actually training my second bloodhound and it was it had been grandfathered onto a SWAT team. So I loved doing dangerous criminal hunts with bloodhounds. But when I had this, you know, it's like God downloaded this idea of, I know how to train dogs to find people. Why aren't we training them to find lost pets? We got all kinds of detection dogs, like I mentioned, drug, bomb, et cetera. Why aren't we training cat detection dogs? And why aren't we developing a service to go out and physically help families search for their missing dogs and cats? And, and the, and it's way the idea weighed on me. I tried to get other people. I put the idea out there to other people, you know, and, and laugh like, oh, a pet detective, Ace Ventura. You know, all this stuff that I went through, all the naysayers and all these negative things that I heard from people. But I just, it haunted me for six months. So I finally decided to take my Weimaraner Rachel. She was my cadaver dog. 
And um, I spent uh, several months training her. And I, uh, in her first four searches, she found two missing cats and one missing dog. But it's been exciting to see over the years, the evolution of, you know, because I know what it felt like when I would get phone calls from people in Alaska or on the East Coast wanting to fly me and my bloodhounds out to look for their missing pets that I realized early on. I'm not the answer. It, the answer isn't me and my dogs. The answer is developing this service in all communities. And so that's been my passion for 20 plus years. And it's it's just been, it's been exciting, but it's been heartbreaking because when I finally got to a position of having a good group of volunteers and settled into the Seattle area in 2012, well, actually, no, I got there in 2008, we began building, we trained a team of dogs and people, and we went out and started doing these cases. And my training program now that I have, it's an, we have an eight week and a 10 week course. A lot of the stories and videos and, you know, pictures I share are from cases that we worked and solved. And we just creatively created um, and brought in different technologies and different areas uh, to help you know, help find missing pets and just have been finding what works, what doesn't work, what to tell people, you know, and what kind of services to offer. So it's just been interesting seeing it going from nobody knowing how many pets were missing. Okay. Let's say I was to lose my dog. Mm -hmm. What are the first steps that I should be taking? Yeah. Uh, Getting on the phone and getting help because you can't do this alone. So getting other family members or, or friends, people that um, that you know you can depend on that are going to be able to help you. Um, you know, you want to do a cursory search around your neighborhood, like maybe get in your car. I mean, it, there's different scenarios. Like we, we get cases of dogs escaping, being involved in a rollover car accident. It's actually very common because like you said, 20 years ago, people maybe didn't take their dogs everywhere. But now there's a lot of people that take their dogs everywhere. And when you get in an accident, oftentimes, and especially when it's a serious one, the dog will escape and flee in fear. And and so you want to um, make sure that you're checking the area for the dog. But again, don't, you know, if, if you see the dog, then, you know, and you pull over, drive ahead of where the dog is, get out of your car, come sit on the on, on the uh, sidewalk, try to calm yourself down. One thing that we know that you, you can do is actually sing, you know, you're making a noise, but we've had some people that have just started singing and then their dog will come to them because it's keeping you from Ralph, you know, yelling at the dog. So you want to want to check the area first, but then you want to definitely obviously get on social media um, uh, you know, there's, there's often, you know, a community page like either next door or, you know, in my area in, uh, in, I live on Vancouver Island. We have a, a small community, uh, page where everybody posts found pets, lost pets, everything, you know? So, so you want to get on social media, you want to get people sharing, you want to find, you need to notify the shelter and actually you need to go down to the shelter. You need to find the lost and found page group in your area, because like you said, most communities have one where they will post your, uh, your pet's pictures and and information. Um, And then one of the more critical things for, especially for dog recovery is making proper signage. Now flyers are meant to, you know, are eight and a half by 11 pieces of paper that you can print the information and, and, and what have you. Those are more for posting on a bulletin board, putting on vehicles or, you know, taking door to door to neighbors and, and, uh, you know, handing out. 
But you want to capture the attention of people who are driving in an area by making these big, giant neon posters. And we have pictures and instructions on how to make these on our website, on the missinganimalresponse.com website. And these actually, more than the tracking dogs, more than... I would even say social media has been putting out these big neon posters at major intersections near where your dog escaped or where there's been a sighting. And these are the things that have produced the most recovery. Well, I can't thank you enough for all the information. And, um, you know, and obviously we're forever indebted to you for saving animals lives and, you know, putting families back together. And, uh, you know, hopefully people have learned how important it is and what steps to take if they do lose their animals. So yep. um, thank you again. And I wish you the very best of luck. And, you know, thanks for saving those animals. Thank you. And for me, I get the most joy out of training other people to do this. So it's like I said, it's not about me. You know, you know, I understand what you're saying. Thank you for saving all these animals. But it's really the people that are out there in their own communities doing this work is so critical. Thank you. Kat Albrecht Thiessen is a pet detective and the founder of Missing Animal Response Network. I'm Sherry Davis, and this is How to Dog. Today, we're talking about what to do if your dog goes missing and where you can find help. So I have a story about a dog going missing. Uh, It was not one of my dogs. However, it was one of my client's dogs. And what had happened is that the client had gone to the... um, the max milk like the corner store tied their dog up outside and went inside to get their uh, you know whatever it was bread and milk and there were some teenagers who had set off some firecrackers right outside the store the dog freaked out broke its collar took off ran not only ran away up the street it ended up it had crossed highways and everything the dog was so traumatized by the firecrackers being set off behind it and uh the dog was missing actually for uh it was it was a long time many days and they actually ended up they found the dog the dog was found and the dog was um in in, you know uh not the greatest of shape but the dog ended up surviving and getting medical care and living happily ever after but um you know there was nowhere that she could get help and where the dog ended up being found was actually in a construction field which was a couple of miles away across a highway so you know nobody would have seen the dog because the dog wasn't in a subdivision the dog wasn't in a populated area and it ended up that another dog somebody hiking with their dog actually found the doodle that had gone missing under a bunch of trees and it was just remarkable one dog found another dog and ended up saving one's life so you know it it's really amazing that these dogs can find other dogs and to know now that there's a resourcefulness out there where we can call somebody and get this help is just something phenomenal My second guest today is Laura Cron. Laura is a trained missing animal response technician with 10 years experience in assisting owners in locating lost pets. Over the years, she's established a network with other missing animal response teams throughout Southern Ontario and often collaborates with various animal control agencies to bring missing pets home safely and quickly. 
Laura, welcome to How to Dog. Hi, Sherry. How are you? Good. Could you tell our listeners what you do? I assist owners in finding their lost pets. So um, I will track and trap and try to reunite them with their owners. It's remarkable how many pets actually go missing in in the matter of a week or a year. I, I just can't even imagine. Like every township seems to have this missing pet, uh, missing dogs, missing cats, missing, 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 missing. And it, I never knew it was such a huge problem. It's devastating. It is. It is. And, and a lot of it is because of social media that we're more aware of it right so it's always on there it's in your face type thing all the time so before you just had the newspaper or posters that were put up by people and uh, now with social media and the internet it's everywhere it's it's become uh, increasingly worse with um, the importation of dogs so because we have more dogs and owners and fosters don't realize how important it is for those dogs to decompress or what that might look like. Most rescues will prepare them for that, um, you know, letting them know safety routines or protocols. Um, but that's, it's, you, the dogs are overwhelmed, right? New sights, new sounds, new smells, everything. It, it becomes uh, somewhat difficult for the dog, right? Their, their behavior changes, their, everything changes, their whole entire world changes. Yeah. A lot of the dogs that we do uh, search for are not just the domestic, like the, the Canadian dogs, it's the international dogs a lot too, right? So I say here that you're a trained MAR technician. What does that mean? Um, it, means that I've, I've taken the course through Cat Albrecht and the Missing Animal Response Network. You've been a, a MAR technician, which is Missing Animal Response Technician, with over 10 years experience? I started in, actually, I started in 97 when I lost my cat. So after that, I, I just researched a lot on the internet, um, found the Missing Animal Response sites. Um, eventually, I, I took the course. Um, because I, I felt that's the way the industry was going with some type of regulations. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we don't just go out and look for the animal. We actually, like, it, depending on each case, um, we track and trap. So we're out there actually doing all of that, right? So when you say track and trap, you know, that's interesting because uh, that's what a lot of people think when you're missing an animal, you just drive around the street and yell, cookie, cookie. Um, well, every case is individual. There's no um, set way that you actually do stuff. You get as much information regarding the dog and their background. Um, you know, the international dogs, they come from different countries and what they've been exposed to and what they've been through is totally different than what our Canadian dogs have been through, right? Um, so it, it, re it really depends on their backstory. So we get all of that information. Um, we look at the breed because each breed is different. They were bred to have different instincts. Um, different dogs move differently. Um, so when we're, we're looking at that, when we first get into it, there's a whole bunch of information that we gather, but it's mostly to, to support the owner and get the owner on the right track in, in the beginning. Um, the, all of that information is invaluable. So um, some of the rescues we actually speak to in the other countries, um, they're, they're able to give us more of a backstory sometimes. Because um, even the substrate that we walk on is different. 
so is it is it similar to like a, a, a missing person you want to report it sooner than later yeah report reporting it to animal services is is number one definitely you want to let them know um so we get the owners going out and walking and talking to as many people as they possibly can um the big thing is to not chase your dog when it slips out the door or dashes out of wherever everybody's instinct is to try to catch the dog and i don't think there's any human alive that can actually outrun a dog um dogs can go places we can't and they're really speedy and fast um and the chase becomes either a game or it becomes a major threat. We become the predator then, right? We're chasing them, we're going after them. They're they're afraid. So, you know, all of that is taken into consideration, right? So it's uh, getting the owner to contact animal services, checking their microchip, making sure that it's actually uh, been registered and all the information's up to date, you know, going through the basics, even doing a handwritten poster that they can put up um, that will do the trick for the time being until they get a, a proper one done um just getting the word out so and then there's a whole group that emails um they'll email different businesses if a dog's been gone for an extended period of time and in a certain area there's the groups that we we all work together we network um with the postering um we get those up we support them that way you said something about trapping. Does that mean like, uh, you know, uh, where you put a cage out? Like I'm thinking of a raccoon trap, let's say. Yeah, there's humane traps. Um, then there's the Missy traps. Um, I modified a Missy trap in 2016 so that it was more portable. The the uh, Missy trap that was originally developed was developed by the retrievers in Minnesota. Um, and it used horse panels. And horse panels aren't easy to transport um, and you're often going all over the place so i changed it up to a portable kennel um, so it's a, the big tall kennels um, and it works on a ray tripper is what they they call it it's a sensor beam so the dog doesn't have to step on he just walks in dogs are conditioned to go through doorways they're not go conditioned to go through holes but any hungry dog will enter usually enter a trap so i have a variety of traps so you said the missy trap so so some people don't know what that is in fact i i would guarantee that probably 99 percent of our owners wouldn't know what that was so can you can you tell us what a missy trap is first it's a large kennel trap so it's usually well minor mine range from seven and a half feet long um but they they make them so that the dog feels comfortable so when the dog goes past a certain section where the food is it's, it's usually far enough in that the dog can't beat the door closing um, the doors are usually rigged with either bungee cords um, the loaded spring gate things that, that like it closes automatically very quickly okay so let's say today i went to go out to work and the dog got out the front door mm -hmm. and takes off and I've been looking for it. I've called the vet. I've called the humane societies or the animal uh, shelters to see, you know, if it's out there. Maybe I've posted it on the internet in my local lost dog and I've got nothing and nothing and nothing and nothing. And I've been out and I've been calling. How long is it from the time I've lost my dog till the time that you would be willing to um, to aid in a recovery? Well, it's always better sooner rather than later, right? Um, 
the quicker somebody gets on looking for your dog, the the easier it is. So depending depending on the dog, right? It would really depend on the dog because, uh, like I said, each case is very individual. Like I would go out and put up a camera at your home to see if the dog came home. Um, or I would go and set up a feeding station at the last known location uh, where the dog was seen. Um, getting the dog on camera and keeping him in an area um, is is really, really, really important. They usually come back home if they're not chased. Chasing is the big issue. Everybody wants to catch the dog, right? Um, and often less is more. Is there any benefit to leaving a scent yeah, so if if you're in a trail system, we tell the owners you walk from point A to point B, point A to point B, like you don't deviate from that route, from where you want the dog to go. Um, you know, so if the dog is bonded with you, there is a likelihood that he will return to where you were, right? Um, or to where like the strongest scent would probably be where your car is or where your dog has actually, you know, done its business. Um, but to stay on that trail, don't deviate from that trail. You want to have a strong scent. Um, even in the city, if you have a regular walking route and the dog just kind of toddles off from your house, like the gate was left open or something, we tell people to continuously walk their regular walking route. Um, the dog will look for what's familiar. If they're lost in unfamiliar territory, then you know it, it becomes a little bit different, but they don't normally go too far. Um, once again, can you please let people know what the website is where they can reach out to uh, volunteers like yourself that could actually help bring home their pet? Well, if they do a Google search, it's uh, Healing Hearts Lost Pet Search and Recovery. Well, I can't thank you enough for your time today. And, you know, hopefully together we can help keep more families together. Um, by the little tidbits of information and, you know, God forbid somebody loses their pet, at least they have some knowledge of who to reach out to for some professional help. So thank you so much, Laura, for joining us today. Thanks for inviting me. Laura Curran is a missing animal response technician with more than a decade's experience in locating missing pets. I know it's something we don't want to think about. Well, I certainly don't, but I hope that you've learned a thing or two about what to do if your dog does go missing and maybe you won't feel as stressed out. It's a relief to know that there are professionals who can help and you're not on your own. I've learned a lot today. Hudson and Rex returns with all new episodes this January on City TV and catch up anytime on City TV Plus, the City TV app or at citytv.com. If you have time, please rate, review, and follow us in your podcast player of choice. And now it's time for Fun Dog Facts. Most of us like to relax with our dogs and maybe forget about the state of politics in the world. But that doesn't work very well in the town of Idlewild, California. That's because the town's mayor and administration are entirely canine. In 2012, Max the Golden Retriever was elected as the unincorporated town's mayor. He passed away the following year, but was succeeded in an election by Max II. 
A town group called the Animal Rescue Friends holds the elections, where anyone can nominate their pet. When Max won, there were 14 dogs and two cats on the ballot. Sadly, Max II died in the summer of 2022, and the town is currently in the paws of his two deputies, Mikey and Mitzi. How to Dog is hosted by Sherry Davis. Produced by me, Davin Langell. And me, Adam Killick. Executive producers, Christina Jennings, Scott Garvey, and Sherry Davis. Editing and mixing, also by me, Adam Killick. Research by the amazing Nicole Saltz. How to Dog is a Shaftesbury podcast produced in association with Rogers Sports and Media Incorporated and part of the Frequency Podcast Network. You can find more great shows at FrequencyPodcastNetwork.com. Copyright 2022, Shaftesbury.